Welcome to the Gator Tales podcast at Allegheny College, home of the Allegheny Gators, where we're talking about inquiry, learning, and scholarship. My guest this week is Nickel Sparts. Nickel was a first-year student who participated in ERSCA's summer research program during the summer of 2023, and he worked with Professor Brad Hirsch in biology on a project related to Hawks genes and evolutionary development. This is a really fascinating and relatively new field in biology. I hope you enjoy our conversation today. My name is Nicholas Sparts. I am a part of the class of 2026, and I am a double major with uh, biochemistry and Spanish and a theater minor. So you did your summer research this past summer, 20 of 23, at the end of your first academic year. Yes, that that's, is correct. That's pretty awesome. <laughs> I'm really happy that you got plugged in and involved in our summer research program. Yeah. All right, so you're interested broadly in this subfield of biology that's called evolutionary development or EvoDevo. Um, can you briefly explain to our audience what biologists in this particular subfield study? Yeah, so evolutionary developmentalists in the field that I've been exposed to look into um, how did organisms evolve from a common ancestor and maintain like such similar instructions, but have such vastly different structures on a whole. Like when we look at the diversity of life on our planet, it's wild. And then to realize that we're built using the same tools is even more incredible. So by tools, you mean genes, presumably, yes. right? So most organisms share a remarkable amount of genetic material. Yes. But they look fundamentally different. Yeah. And that's what the study of Evo Devo is all about, trying to explain how those patterns arise from the genetic perspective and then also from like the phenotype perspective, what people see, right? Right, yes. So two common terms that you use a lot in your work, genes and proteins. A lot of people can, they know those terms. They've heard them before. They yeah. maybe one more than the other. Um, basically, what are genes? What are proteins? How can people right. think of them on a more biological level? So genes are the instructions for life. Um, they are what um, basically give us the instructions to make proteins. Proteins are the products from those instructions. Proteins are the ones that actually carry out the functions that we want our bodies and cells to do. So how does DNA fit into the concept of genes? I thought that that right. was kind of like the instructions for <laughs> life also, right? Right. So genes are carried in DNA. Genes um, are basically coded by DNA. So tell me a little bit about one type of gene called Hox genes. Hox genes are the developmental genes in our DNA that pattern bodies from head to tail. Of the Hox genes, there, there are a whole bunch of them. Which particular, did you study one particular gene or like a series of Hox genes? Uh, yes, I studied one particular Hox gene. Um, to study more than that might have blown my mind. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so I studied ultrabithorax, which is um, abbreviated to UBX. Gotcha. Um, and what does that Hox gene do in fruit flies? In fruit flies, it um, helps with the development of the third thoracic um, segment. Um, one of the most common 
ways that we um, study it is through the halter disc, which is basically um, a small wing in the third thoracic segment that um, helps flies balance as they fly. So when UBX is present, that halter um, wing, that balancing wing is developed. Um, and then when it's not there, um, we can see that a second set of larger full wings grows in that third segment of the fruit fly. What are some of the experimental approaches or things that you do in the lab to study Hawks genes? If we want to study Hawks genes and Hawks proteins, we need a lot of it. So our first task is usually to mass produce the protein that we want to study. Um, and we do that by giving bacteria the instructions to make the protein because um, if we tried to just take that protein from developing fruit flies, it would be a tedious process. One that would take me easily over a year to get an amount of protein. So the bacteria produce the protein. What, what are some of the things that you visualize or see as kind of outputs, if you will, from the, the type of work that you're doing in the lab? After I tell bacteria to make protein, I need to make sure that it actually is. We can't see protein um, on the life scale. Um, so we need a way of proving that it is there in my um, sample of bacteria, right? So we use something called Western blotting, which is basically a way of um, revealing whether or not there is a protein in a sample. So. All of this work, you know, you spent eight weeks over the summer, if I remember right, you were here working yes. on, on this particular project. Maybe if you can briefly summarize what you would consider maybe your top one or two important findings that, that you kind of came up with um, right. after this, this project over the summer. Um, so this project was actually not originally my own. Um, I have Sadie Longo to thank. I believe she graduated in 2019. Um, she started the work on this project. Um, and the main problem they ran up against was they could not figure out why they were seeing protein binding because I'm studying the binding patterns of UBX um, in samples that did not have um, any protein in it. So how you can see protein binding without proteins is really interesting, right? right? Um, so one major finding that we discovered is we're using a new biotechnology. Um, so we're trying to prove that this biotechnology works as efficiently as other method methods used in the past that are a little bit more unsafe. Um, so what I discovered was that the um, material we were using was actually breaking apart in the gel before we actually got proteins to bind. So in that way, we were seeing binding like patterns on the gel, even though we were just seeing basically the material I was using breaking, breaking apart. Um, and that was a discovery made, we found and we realized, okay, maybe we need to find new materials because these might not be the greatest. Interesting. Yeah. yeah. So it's setting the stage kind of similarly how you picked up on some previous work. It's setting the stage moving forward, applying this new technology or this new technique to studying protein binding for in the future. Yes. Cool. You brought up earlier, Nicole, the, the idea of gene editing. Yes. Which is a pretty controversial topic right yes, now. Yes, it is. Why is that controversial? Um, and 
What, what do you know about that topic that, that's interesting that might be insightful for folks who don't really understand right. the topic of gene editing? So gene editing is still very limited, right? Um, as far as my class experience goes, I know that as of right now, we can only really fix point mutations in DNA, which is when DNA has one place that it has a um, misplaced um, base pair. Um, when we start to get into things that mess up entire genes and things like that, we can't fix that yet. Um, so gene, the, the realm of gene editing is still very small. Um, I like to think about it in a positive context, like um, one specific example is sickle cell anemia. That is something that would be easily treatable with gene uh, editing because it comes from one mutation in a, a DNA sequence. Um, I don't think anyone should have to suffer with that condition if they're living, right? Mm. Um, I understand that some people find it morally gray that we can alter genes um, in ways that might not be as necessary or considered as necessary. Um, but we are also still a really long way off from understanding the intricacies of the interweavings of genes and how they interact with each other. So in that way, we're also playing a dangerous game because we can think we're changing one thing, but we could also be changing 10 other things while that's happening. Um, so I can see, yes, it could be a little bit controversial, but I also uh, can see the positives um, that come from this topic and this research that we're doing. And, you know, I'm going to give a... a, a non-gratuitous self-citation here or, or a plug <laughs> with Allegheny and, and just say how important it is for students to understand biology in the lens of liberal arts education because we teach our students things like ethics. We teach them ideas about philosophy alongside with biology. So these complex problems that arise in society such as gene editing, our students are understanding them, not only the biology behind them, but a lot of the impacts and social issues associated with these sort of things. So I think that that's really important for Allegheny students. Nickel, thanks for participating in the summer program and thanks for stopping by and chatting with me today. Yeah, thank you. I wanted to first thank uh, Professor Brad Hirsch, faculty member in the Department of Biology for his mentorship of Nickel and this project and for Brad's mentorship of a number of students that have participated in ERSCA summer research over the past couple of years. Nichols' research this past summer was made possible from a fund through Christopher Yokoyama and Sandy Cope Yokoyama. And I just wanted to thank Christopher and Sandy for their um, continued support of Allegheny College, our research program, and our students. That's all I have for this week. I hope you had a good time, and I'll catch up with you next time. Bye.